Welcome into the Real Kipper and Born Show, the national edition, live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Nick Kiprio, Sammy McKee, Justin Bourne, Hola. Derek Brandale, and Frank the Tank, Alaska. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> What'd I say? Alaska. It's Baraska. Baraska. Yeah. That's what I said. No, you said Alaska. But I think you know that. Well, you told me Alaska before the show yeah. started. We're working on the pronunciation yes. guide. Yes, correct. I got it right before. I'm just messing with you, and I'm messing with Frank the Tank. Ah, oh, I see. He's in the building. We're all yeah. good here. Yeah. All right, boys. All, all good things, and Frank's cool with Alaska. We did yeah. just get work. All good things must come to an end. The Oilers streak over at 16, and we're going to get into that and so much more. This hour, Real Kipper and Born, brought to you by Bet365. We're also going to welcome in, in a few minutes, Brian Boyle, former NHLer, played on a few teams. We'll talk trade deadline. I think he's been traded a few times as well. But uh, let's go to you first, JB, on uh, the incredible run by the Edmonton Oilers uh, coming to a screeching halt last night. You know, the best thing about the end of that streak Shouldn't say the best thing, but just you didn't leave that thinking like, ah, oh, they, you know, they deserve to lose. Finally, they got their just desserts. Like they played great last night. They they were just as deserving of winning that game as several they won over their streak. Uh, doesn't change how I feel about them in any way. This is that's a good hockey team, man. And Sammy in our top of the last hour, heaping praise on the Oilers and Vegas yeah. Golden Knights. It was a great game. I I would say that we have fully ventured into. Vegas owns the Oilers territory where it's like, I think the Oilers are probably a better team. They were definitely a better team last night. Vegas beats them without Shea Theodore, without Jack Eichel. But it's just, listen, as a Leaf fan, I recognize when a team is being owned by another team. In the kitchen. And it's it's trending in that direction. Yeah. And it's like, they, you're going to have to probably go through that team, I would imagine, if you're the, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, to make it to where you want to get to. And to me, that's a very scary proposition. I saw people, Oilers fans last night, tweeting like, oh, shocker, another Vegas player being a baby. And I was like, oh, this is a thing oh, now. Yeah, they we got a proper rivalry Because Petrangelo hacked somebody out to the whistle, and it's like, oh, well, that's what you did to... Like, they definitely don't like each other, but yeah. I I just... I think they just have it. The Golden Knights just have it. It's hard to explain, but they have it. Yep. Well, first of all, uh, we did kind of tee it up after yesterday's show about how this one kind of feels like a playoff mm-hmm. series yeah. already. And I'm, I'm telling you, it did not disappoint. Like when you see the attention to detail that both clubs had where, you know, outside of uh, the first goal by Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. there was no kind of glaring error right. in particular. I mean, over the course of 60 minutes, you're going to have one or two, yeah. Great opportunities, and, and Dreisaitl and Connor found them on on one of them, on the turnover. But outside of that, man, this one had every feel of a of a Stanley Cup playoff game. And what it was, and another thing that we had discussed, was like that patience where neither team seemed desperate to try, you know, so take make the home run play and maybe give something up the other way. They played within their systems, and it was. It was a tight hockey game, and boy, lots of talent on the rink at the same time. They also mentioned on the broadcast multiple times last night that Vegas led in all six games in the in the playoff series last year. Is that right? Yeah. And, How about, uh, and guess what happened last night? 
I saw that the Edmonton, Edmonton led all six led games. All six. And guess what happened last night? Yeah. They How led about and then lost. Uh, Aiden Hill, though? Like, Aiden Hill at this point is, you know, we've done the Team Canada goaltending yeah. things. Looked really good and has won a cup now. Uh, and Like, th- it's, he won a Stanley Cup and it put him on the map. Yeah. But if there's going to be like two things that you remember about Aiden Hill now moving forward, it's he won the Stanley Cup. And he shut down the Edmonton Oilers' winning streak. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the two things that come to the top of my mind right now when I hear that name. Yeah, and I mean, he, that's how big of a game it was for him. So if you're an Oilers fan, you just hate Aiden Hill at this point. You know, he he earned a two-year contract off of that cup, four point nine million per season, and it looks like they're going to get great value for that money. He is, he's the real deal. I despise that dude. And you saw the nine thirty eight this year in eighteen starts. Saw some frustration out of Connor at the end of that game, slamming his stick pretty good, fired up coming off the well, ice. Wild levels it's, of competitiveness, by the way. After I, winning sixteen straight, love it. Yeah. love it. It's a a moment of a lifetime that yeah. slipped out of your hands. Like that's how close he was, and he knows that. In all probability, he'll never be. Yeah. In a situation to take another crack at 17. It's funny, you know, what records matter and which ones don't, but you can tell by the defensiveness of the people who currently hold them. Was it? Uh, Talkett. Talkett was saying he didn't want it. He didn't want no. it. My dad's texting me about how the Islanders didn't want it. Butch is tweeting about it, yeah. worrying about how, you know, they didn't regulation. Like, yeah, that, that record meant something to people. It's funny. Okay, let's go to Brian Boyle, former NHLer who does a terrific job now on the NHL network as an analyst. Uh, Brian, I mean, it's hard not to talk about that game last night and the feel that we got as a, as a potential series down the road, I guess. Oilers, Vegas, round two coming up in the spring. I think everybody would welcome it. Well, thank God it is where it is now after the after the start Edmonton had with, you know, everybody talking how they were in the preseason and leading up to it. You know, this is, you know, McDavid is such an electric player and Dreisaitl is too in his own regard, but they got to be in the mix. And, and that, that streak was fun. It was awesome. You knew there was going to be a lot riding on it. You know, no playoff series is going to have a long layoff like that. So... A lot of different things you can take out of the game. I just, I'm excited about what it could be, you know, come postseason. Yeah, we are too. One thing we were talking about before you came on was how Vegas just seems to have the Oilers number right now. Have you uh, played, you know, in one of those situations where it just feels like the other team, for whatever reason, you just can't get a piece of them? It just seems like Oilers fans right now are going crazy over this Vegas team who probably isn't better than them, but seems to always end up getting the upper hand. Yeah, different sports have that, right? There's matchups that just don't necessarily work out for whatever team, for whatever reason. And Vegas, I think, probably right now has had the most success and does the best job at limiting a lot of what Edmonton does really well, a lot of what Edmonton has used predominantly to win games. Now, this streak, you've seen different guys from Edmonton step up and their roles have expanded a little bit. There's more ownership around the group, which I think that they need. Uh, so this is one game, and and obviously there's a number of reasons why you want to win that game if you're Edmonton, and you can look at it like that was almost a playoff game if you're Edmonton because you have more to lose, so to speak, because of the streak. 
Uh, and then Vegas goes in and takes care of it. Uh, however, they, however you want to describe the game and Vegas comes away with two points. That's just, that's how Vegas won a cup. Really? I mean, they, there were games where they weren't necessarily dominant. They just, they find ways to win. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of different things that they have going well for them. But I like the fact that Edmonton goes through a big game in the middle of a season to kind of reassess, all right, where are we at? How do we avoid this come playoff time where it's even, you know, it's obviously ratcheted up higher in terms of what the stakes are. And you can use a game like that as a, as a dress rehearsal. Now they're all dress rehearsals, but that one means a little bit more. We're talking to former NHL or NHL network analyst, Brian Boyle. So Brian, we were talking uh, earlier in the show about uh, making a coaching change. And of course uh, we know what, it's meant to the Edmonton Oilers with Knobloch now and what it could mean for the LA Kings. We were even having a discussion earlier whether or not a different voice behind a Toronto Maple Leaf bench, would that squeeze more out of the players, out of the places that you've played over your career? I mean, have you ever, you know, has it ever stood out for you where there's been a coaching change and for whatever reason, it got more out of players than before. And do you believe in it? Like, can you believe that one change could could change the makeup of twenty guys? As I guess Edmonton has proven. So yeah, so I've never I've never gone through it mid season, and I have gone through it. You know, in a different season, we have four years with the Rangers and Torts, and then we brought in AV from Vancouver, and even that training camp. You're on high alert. The whole summer leading up to it, you're on high alert. Those guys are going to walk into, you know, when a coaching change happens in in Edmonton or whatever, you you, you walk in the room the next day on on your best behavior, so to speak, right? It's uh, it's like the opposite of the substitute teacher when we're growing up. We get to kind of let it rip and have some fun because she's not going to be here the next day or he's not going to be here. (laughs) This is a lot different. You got a new boss. You know what it, it is? Every, I've never been in the room when, a staff has to talk about maybe doing something like that. It's a big move. But when you read after the fact, it's like the the message wasn't being sent correctly or it wasn't being received. That's what you keep hearing. Now, I'll give Sheldon Keefe a lot of credit. He's he's had a lot of patience with the group on, in different moments during his tenure. He has no patience anymore. And I don't love how it's kind of played out in the media, but I think, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking he is. This is his one of his, one of his last cards to play to try and get their attention to have the message received. They're not playing the way he wants them to. I'm, I'm sure they're not getting the results that they want. So maybe he's trying sort of a different message on his own. Obviously, doing whatever he can in a really highly scrutinized environment. So you played uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs and a lot of their core guys uh, when they were pretty early in their careers here. I guess watching how their careers have progressed and the success they've had individually and sort of a lack of team success, um, has anything surprised you about the trajectory of where they've been and how things have played out over seven or so seasons so far? Not really. I mean, Austin could still get 70 goals. I think Mitch Marner is such a smart, crafty player. I think Willie is very dynamic and has gotten better and better. Um, I kind of love his personality outside the ring. I mean, I've, I, I love those guys. Those were the guys I paid a lot of attention to and, and Morgan Riley uh, as well. I, I was always impressed with his leadership at 23 years old. I remember saying 
I found out maybe a week in he was that young when I played with him and I thought he was pushing 30 just how he had the respect of the room and you know it's it's hard you stay in the same place you try to find different answers and they've had a lot of success in the regular season and sometimes a little a little bit of adversity during the season can be really good if you find your way to out of it so the way those guys have progressed uh, in terms of their ability and, and dominance has been no surprise to me uh, I was excited to get to see it at such a young age I was impressed then and you know, I'm impressed now. There's a lot to deal with in in that city. In you know, forget the media stuff. Just being around, going for dinner or whatever it is. And they they've you know they've been through different management uh, GM and they've been through different coaches. And you know, I guess now maybe they look at each other and they got through a round last year. That's that is progress, regardless of what people think. That's progress. You know, hopefully they can keep that mix and figure out. You know, if they add something or whatever they do, they can find a way to reach that next level. They use this adversity to, you know, take another step. Because them them going on a run would be exciting for the whole league, I think, except for the teams that they knock out. Brian, uh, Elias, uh, Lindholm, two power play goals in a building that he scored a few goals uh, earlier in his career in, in Carolina. They, they beat a pretty good hockey club. Is this going to be one of those moves where we look back at Vancouver and say, yeah, but... But when they made that trade, this is this is why they're they're here today. Is that is that a potential storyline for this club? Yeah, I mean the rich get richer, and he, there's a lot of critics, and maybe maybe myself included a little bit, thinking you can't really sustain it. I thought they'd be a playoff team after their start for sure, but I mean you go there, and I saw someone wrote this on uh, X or whatever it was, and and saying that. When you go to Vancouver, your shooting percentage is just twenty percent, no matter what. <laughs> He's, you know, Lindholm goes there and yep. bang, bang, two shots. I mean, I think he tipped the first one. The second one might have just hit his stick, right? <laughs> and it's just they got something going on right now. It's it's really impressive. Their goaltending's been been much better this year. They've had bounce back years from a couple guys like Besser, and they found a mix. I love Teddy Bluger when I played with him in Pittsburgh. I think he's. I know he doesn't. He's not filling the net, but they got – I kind of like their mix of guys. I like how they're built. I like – you look at different series, potential series they could go through, and with the offense they have, even if it dries up a little, they got great goaltending. They they can be mean on the back end. They're just hard to play against anyway. Um, I don't know how you're stopping Quinn Hughes, especially at the rate he's going at. I, I, I like that team. I like them a lot. I like them more now after yeah. home two goals. Brian, the uh, NHL's trade deadline is a month away now. Um, you're a guy who has played deep in the playoffs a lot. You've had 124 playoff games, I think I saw before we had you on, which is just incredible. So what are guys feeling? Take us inside the room a little bit. As you're on a good team and you're heading towards this deadline, obviously you want to get better, but you don't want anyone or any of your buddies to get shipped out. What is that sort of dual emotion like? Yeah, it's you really have to have a singular focus and it, it might sound selfish to people who haven't been through it kipper probably knows but you, you have to be a little selfish in your own play yeah. in terms of how you prepare and how important it is for you to do well in those games leading up to the break and that's if everyone does that and it's not like i need points or i need this it's just i need to be ready and you know 
if you're married with kids, sometimes the, the they take the brunt of that, and they will all the way through to the end of the playoffs. Yeah. It's it's just a mindset of like really dial it in, be focused. You don't want to get moved out. You don't want to get shipped out. You want to show the brass that you can add here, but you shouldn't take anything away because look what we have. And you like it when they add, even if it's like maybe might cut into some of my minutes, whatever it is, you, you try to prove to your coach you shouldn't do that, but you need everybody. You need 25, 26, 27 guys if you want to go on a real run. And when the, when the team's adding that, it's a great feeling around the room. The boys kind of just know you're preparing, you're getting ready. Everybody's kind of holding each other accountable a little bit more for details of the game. You really want to sharpen up. And those were those were exciting times. The stress goes up a little bit, but I mean it's it's exciting because you have more to play for. So which team in your opinion needs to kind of counter the Vancouver Canucks moving forward here? We saw the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh halt their winning streak, but is this a team that's still maybe a move away here? Yeah, I yeah, I think if it's sort of a copycat league, right? What has given teams success, a certain kind of playbook on what has won and, or has advanced anyway. And you look at the two teams in the final, if you can ever add that, sometimes that ends up being a a number six on the D or a five or six on the D or a third line or fourth line center, just to add into the mix or a guy with sort of a personality or an energy that'll bring you into the fight in some of those games where, in a seven-game series, if you're down three in game two, you know, that game might be over four now, I guess, this year because there's so many comebacks. But if you're down four, I mean, that game might be over, but you can still inflict a little bit of pain. And I don't care what anyone says or I don't care what anyone thinks. That's still a big part of the playoffs, that yeah. that physical intimidation. Oh, obviously, but that, that is definitely uh, on the – on, on everyone's mind when they're going through it. So I think as a GM, if I'm a GM, I'm getting a, you know, I was, I use him as an example. I don't think he'd go anywhere, but Luke Shen would be a guy I'd always look at somebody like that, you know, a, a third or fourth line guy. Obviously if you need a first line right winger or a power play guy, you, you try to do that. But the way the cap is now with all these teams so tight to it, it's hard. Those much of them, a lot of times they don't, and they end up being a big factor. Uh, last one for me, Brian. Just want to get your thoughts on your your New York Rangers. Uh, this is a team I can't quite make heads or tails of. They're first in the Metro, though. What's uh, yeah. what's their status? How do you like their team this year? I, I like them, and, and a lot of the things I've said already is is what they kind of need to kick into gear. Yeah, there's emotion there that they sort of haven't had. There's nights where it's maybe not going their way, and a lot of times they can score it well. And when it's not, there's a bit of a a lull or a drop, or you can honestly see it. Uh, from the television on the bench sometimes where they just kind of get down and I'd like to see that maybe that personality, that anger that somebody was going to go stir it up, go in there and kind of the team of feed off that, you know, they went to the conference final a couple of years ago. They got Vitrano, they got cop, they got these guys, they had Reeves there. So Lafreniere was playing a certain way with, he was running his mouth in the play. I remember all that because I played against them and that is the motion that they need. They lack that emotion. Sometimes it's not, on paper, they're built very well. Mm-hmm. They could add a little depth on the um, on the bottom two lines, maybe, uh, just because there'll, there'll be injuries. But for sure, maybe a grittier, one more gritty guy on the bottom six that can just be a little bit of a 
game changer with some physicality. I, I just, I love their team on paper, but that emotion, that collective, like when it's not going well, they can change things. Um, if they can turn that switch on somehow, they're going to be tough to beat as well. Be interesting to watch down the road. Hey, Brian, really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this, man. You got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. That Thanks, is Brian. Brian Boyle. How many teams? Eight? A lot of teams. The Rangers and Lightning were sort of the, the big ones where I remember him. He had four years there, kept five years, where his playoff games played 17, 11, 25, 25, 17 mm. playoff games. And a total of what did you say? 100? 124. That is awesome. a lot of playoff of games. Hockey. I snuck in, I think, 36 maybe. That's a lot, too. And yeah, it's not nothing. I'm like, they're are so fun yeah what i do to play one more uh, stanley cup playoff game i'll never forget it's very early in this trajectory of leafs fandom but when he set up casperi captain in double overtime against the caps yeah one of my favorite leaf goals ever same i I think about that one a lot where he's coming around behind the net he stops turns it back and captain there wide open just shoots it right in the net and that's as excited as I've been as a Leaf fan in a very long time. <laughs> Boyle, 6'6", 245. Yep, big man. Are you uh, of the belief that, uh, like, Lindholm's just going to take Vancouver to whatever level they were? It's going up a notch? Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. I definitely think that. I feel like when you have as much dynamic, exciting talent as Vancouver, sometimes you just need some guys you can really trust, right? You just feel like you can put them on the ice in all situations. They're not going to lose their minutes. That's Lindholm for me. He might get you the goal. He might make the defensive play. Just whatever the circumstance, he's a guy you're like, all right, we, we can put him on that line. We can put him over the boards and having more of those guys when you're a coach. Ugh, what a luxury. Last night uh, with the goalie pulled for Carolina, I forget the line that was out there. It was JT Miller, and I think he was taking the draw. He, sent, he called off JT Miller, and he sent – Elias Lindholm out there to take the draw. He wins the draw, gets it out, goes down the other way, and he goes off the ice. It's like that's the guy's first game. And he's He's blocked a shot, I think, late in the game. And he's up. He's on the power play first game, two power play goals. It's like maybe Sheldon's like, you could try one of the new guys in the power play for once. You know, it's like first. I know he's not, Bertuzzi isn't Elias Lindholm or whatever, but you just see that. You're like, oh. That's allowed. Something different. That's allowed? I'm sure Sheldon listening is going, sure, bring me Lindholm and see how I use him. But, yeah, you don't think Bertuzzi could stand where he stood and tip a couple in the net? I think he could. I think he had. Not to make it about the least, but I was just really impressed with Lindholm's debut last night. For sure. Awesome. Well, then, how far off can uh, Kuzmenko be? Because uh, not only did he score, but he he contributed to a pretty impressive win in Boston. 4-1. Stunning, because the line, I don't know if we openly made fun of the line. You made fun of me for a winning bet yesterday. Yeah. Well, listen, Huberto, Sheridan, Govich, Kuzmenko did not inspire a ton of optimism, but last night they played 10 minutes, expected goals four. They controlled 70% of the expected goals in those minutes. Go figure. How about Jonathan Huberto's goal? Like, how can can you score a goal like that? He is so skilled. And some other times look like you you, you don't know where the net is. I don't know. It you, was. You have a goal and two assists last it was night. Like a, it was a goal scorer's goal. I forget who said, you know, anyway, the idea that you could trade for a player and not just what it would, what you would get in the addition of uh, Kuzmenko, but could it help Huberto? Could this be a line where it just works for him and all of a sudden you get a better Huberto too in the deal? Like 
that would change things for the Flames. They, but it's must, ran Boston show. It must drive Hoska crazy watching that. Yeah. Where you're like, what? You can do that. Why yeah. don't you do that more often? That's it's still like, an option. Yeah, that's I don't his know. seventh goal of the year. I was impressed with the Flames. Like I don't know, you know, they trade away Lindholm. I haven't watched every games, uh, every Flames game this year, but I think you'd be hard pressed to find a better performance than that, that first game. I've watched a lot too. I mean, they they dominated on the Kadri three assists. Yeah, did you hear? Did you see his quote? Uh, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, you want to read it? A pack of hy- uh, hyenas can take down a lion. Love it. This is going to be the slogan for the Flames They're when they turn it around. When they turn it around, that was uh, print the shirt. That was the Panthers' last uh, first round. How far out of it are the Flames? Really far. I mean, they've, yeah, they're trading everyone good. So well, whether they're close or not, I don't think it matters. And then there, there's this whole ha- uh, Noah Hannafin thing, just in terms of the sense that he had a, a contract decision to make after the All Star break, and doesn't seem like he has. Doesn't that. seem like uh, he's going to sign it as of today. I don't know. Who knows what tomorrow brings? The Flames are really not out of it. No, they're not. They're three points out of a playoff spot. Yeah, with it's the Seattle crack and that's as hard as it is. Blues. The hard decision too is like w- w- big picture here or well, definitely big picture. But okay, then you got to move bodies out. But they got a body back in Kuzmenko. Like yeah. you bring bodies back who help. When they trade Probably Tanev for Lilligren, then there's another NHL guy that you can perfect, put in there. Yeah. Perfect. Listen, yeah. if you're the Flames, that's not the worst in the world. I mean, as part T- of the Tanev's package, not but... Lindholm, guys, and but Hannafin could get you uh, a roster player back for sure. Yeah, that's more in the mix of you're getting a 26 year old yeah. that includes three pieces: a first player on the roster, maybe a prospect. They should absolutely do that. You're the flames. You're licking your chops. Yeah, and that Zari. Tanev can't bring you that back because of his age, but Hannafin can. I like Hannafin. They're definitely in, could bounce back next year. Canucks, not as good as the Canucks yeah. model, but like not be, be in this mix again. I think it also depends what they do with these assets. Like, okay, so they get a bunch of picks mm. and they trade all these guys we're talking about. All of a sudden you got this stockpile. You don't have to sit there and draft and wait five years to be good. You can turn those into players. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how and aggressive they'll with be. With those contracts in the book with Kadri and Huberto, you probably, that's more the direction you might want to go. You still have a good goalie, yeah. some good defensemen. Like, you don't, it's not a tear-down roster to me. No. But anyways. You guys want to have one more co- Calgary conversation on Jacob Markstrom? Yeah, Would I you just made him? a passing comment there. I, I think something happens in the crease still. Whether it's a Markstrom trade or I, Vladar. I got to think they're really tempted to move him. Yeah. L.A. L.A. would like him. New Jersey. Like, you've got a strong market. Yeah. There's a there's a market out there. Philly needs a goalie. Funny, too. We've been talking so, oh yeah. We've been talking so much about uh, the Penguins as a likely playoff team. The Devils have the same amount of point as the Penguins and uh, just a ton of talent on the roster. They've been hurt a lot. Like Jack Hughes will come back at some point. If you added a goalie. It's a game changer. Yeah. For New Jersey. A Markstrom. But, I mean, from the goaltending perspective with them, though, don't you think that you have Wolf, who is your goalie in waiting? Yeah. You have Vladar. I would just probably keep 
Markstrom and have Wolf be your backup and kind of do the thing where you kind of like it's the pedigree thing, like you would with like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, where like he plays behind him for a couple years. You let him go, go. get pieces, go get assets. Yeah, but yeah, I'm with you there because Vladar and Wolf. Yeah. so you're just gonna, gonna get more but you're just gonna you're, you're gonna suck a little bit. You're gonna suck. You're punting yeah. a little bit. Yeah, you're, not, okay. you're not winning the cup. I just right don't away. think they suck that bad. They don't suck that bad. And it's like you're in a Canadian market. I don't They're know. They're not like, good enough to win either. But we know, we know. All right, the you guys can trade them. The best way to dig yourself out is to either be good or really suck. You can't yeah. be that. The Canucks are going to inspire middle. a lot of teams. I think, yeah, like I, I do think there can be a bit of a rebuild on the fly here. Like you trade off your UFAs, but if I'm them, I'm not trading Markstrom this year. Like he's good. Like they're he's not good. out of the playoff. I know they're not. I know they're going to trade Tanev. And trade all, I don't know. <laughs> Yo, you want to be out? Yeah, sure. You don't want a couple extra home dates. You I don't mean, want your fans. Difference is, do, but I'm not. How, how old's Demko? Mm. Markstrom's no. 34, guys. Yeah, he's older than you. He's think. 34, Sammy. Yeah. His value no, will him. never trade be him. higher. Trade him. I thought he was younger than I trade him. Thank right. God I'm here for you, Sammy. Uh, and might I add, too? Uh-oh. It's a national show. I knew you. Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> hat. The really? Hat really? Really? People are pissed on the text line. Oh, you got to cheer against the Canadian team. Yes, you do. I do, yeah. It is such a zag. Do we need to have a meeting? I don't care. Closed door meeting. Uh, Sammy. Sit him down. I might might be getting a call from someone upstairs. I don't know. (laughs) Listen, listen, I've explained my case multiple times. Sammy went to a game once and now he's a super fan. Not a super fan, but we'll root for them. Always in the Western Conference now. Over the Oilers? Of course. <laughs> Are you crazy? People yeah. on this show know who I am. The only way I want what? the Stanley Cup back in Canada is down Young Street. Boys have said it a million times. Good. Vegas Sorry, gives you a cheap it. bottle of champagne at your hotel, and now they didn't you're... give me anything. <laughs> <laughs> I gave them everything. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, All right, we doing game time yeah, or we're going to break? No, I'll do game time. It's game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. At Bet365, must be 19+. plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, I'm looking at the stars tonight who are pretty heavy underdogs against the Leafs. They're under. I think they're plus one ten against. They've the Leafs. got the best road record. Yeah, they're plus one ten. Leafs are minus one thirty tonight it's against the strange. Dallas Stars. To me, this is an excellent opportunity to get a very good team at good value. And even though they they don't have their starting goalie, Scott Wedgwood's been good for them. I think yeah. he's like thirteen four and four. He's got a good record for them. It's not like he's terrible. And if you want to get a little spicier, Wyatt Johnson, local guy in Toronto, like out of. Picks. Out of conference, uh, midweek game against the Leafs for the good team and an Ontario boy. This is a perfect storm for a Leafs loss with him scoring. So give me a same game parlay. It's plus four sixty. Those two things happening. Wow. Yep. Not too bad. Looking at the uh, other good game tonight, uh, Rangers hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning are sneaky kind of. They're, they're floating around. They're hot, man. They, they, they they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of back. Is Vasilevsky back to being the best goalie in the world? Yes. Yes, is, he is. is. You're done already, right? Yes, because he's the best goalie in the world. So I, my whole logic. I don't mind the Tampa Bay Lightning plus 100 tonight at Madison Square Garden. I think it's pretty good value. Rangers, obviously, good at home, but Lightning kind of coming around, and I could picture them to just turn it into the Lightning again here, boys, in the second half. Sure seems like it's happening. Anyways, uh, that was game time.
Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds. Find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Okay. Still plenty more on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show, including news and notes. What's up, Sammy? You got your finger I, up. I had a Is that question. a foam finger? A, or is that a, your real finger? I forget things that I wanted to add because we were talking about goalies and you mentioned Demko. Was there a thing, like, was it last year that people were like Demko was... Yeah, no, there was some thought that he may not want to stick around, but this is when they all they all sucked and they all could they somebody has stolen him. Everyone is happy to leave when they're losing. Could somebody have stolen him from there? I don't think so. Okay, no, not not on Jimmy Rutherford's watch. All right, I was just watching that game last night, watching how good he was, and I was thinking about it, and I remember that. But anyways, we can go to break now. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. uh, Jets Dylan to have a hearing on a hit last night. On Penguins Achari, we'll get uh, the boys' thoughts on that. And plenty more still on Real Kipper and Born. Unrivaled insight, analysis, and opinions on all things Blue Jays. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to always text us at 590-590. This is from Luke at OilBoy76. Tell Sammy thanks for hexing my oil with his picks yesterday and further rubbing it in with that awful hat. (laughs) This is objectively a great hat. First off, that is one of the most beautiful hockey hats. It's a phenomenal hat. And it's it's too, I can use it for golf too because it's kind of like thin. Yeah. So it's good. Like oh, it's a great golf bucket. Just too. give it to him, Luke. Oh yeah. Just Sorry, give buddy. it to him. Ah, listen, they own I, you. Listen, I support everyone being mad at Sammy, but Oil Boy is not <laughs> the tag I wanted to hear it from. Yeah. I don't know. It's like hearing like it's like Mitchie fifty five. I got a tough time. I think I know your opinion. <laughs> yeah. All right, the league announced uh, Brendan Dillon will have a hearing with the NHL Department of Safety over a head hit on Noel. Achari, mm-hmm. uh, your thoughts on the hit, JB? Not great, Bob. Um, you know, I do think that it was a genuinely tough timing hit. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're kind of coming horizontally at a player moving vertically, and it's kind of tough to pick that shoulder clean. So I don't think it's intensely malicious, but it's a bad hit. Can't people in the head. It's on, uh, it's on Dylan to, yeah. to avoid that. So probably a couple games. I, I think that's always the case just in terms of, the angle, right? Yeah. You're not straight. And if it's avoidable it's angle for him. Smaller guy, too. And the, the, pro- shorter. Yeah. And the problem is, if it is at that risky angle that's tough to time, you can't be as reckless going in there. And Dylan was certainly reckless. I, I do. Two games for me. Uh, what's that? Two games. Yeah. I think for sure two games, maybe three, depending on the injury report for right. Achari. Yeah. That's always a factor here, but... Dylan's one of our best hitters out there. Yeah, he's a little greasy. He's really greasy. Yeah, they got that Pionk too on their back end. He's a he's a little greasy too. That guy's been like he's got like two thousand hits. He's been credited with really. Yeah, since I don't know he broke in the league two thousand and twelve, two thousand thirteen. He's never been suspended before, and this guy hits. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple good hits last night. Did you see uh, Zadorov? Uh, who did he get on Carolina? He got someone really good on Carolina, like 
love it when that random thing i questioned earlier this year nhl hits have not been recorded in the same way this year so the stats are all messed up remember i came on the show once and i was like actually the leafs are second in hits this year and it's like no they're not i I don't know exactly what it is but there's some recalculating to be done there anyway Uh, i think too is like you know who's who's counting these things uh, it's it's you know like some like, kid they they're given like twelve dollars an hour to no, it's and like free Wilford popcorn. Brimley who's enjoyed watching games since he was a kid and has now has time to volunteer and he's wearing the remember, Coke bottle lenses. Yeah, remember uh, it was, that's rem- a hit. Remember uh, <laughs> that's who it is. I remember being a kid going to Maple Leaf Gardens and and just seeing like the oldest <laughs> men I know, as gold judges. Guys. They're lovely, but- lovely, but. Older than dirt and can't see <laughs> past their hands. Okay. God, no, the home team probably went um, in. But yeah. Which color? Is that blue? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've come a long way, haven't we? We have. I, I don't know. But did you uh, a, see Marshawn get lit up pretty good by Posse last hits, night? Yeah. Oh, my Posse. God. So I will say the slow motion bails out possible a bit because it's all glove it looks like he goes in stick but it's a bad hit oh yeah but I mean, not suspendable though Marshan standing I, I in the crease game. i think it's a game smashing the covered puck like he's slashing at some point you reap what you sow sure he wow can you imagine if it was flipped reaping oh, of he his would, sewing everybody be screaming allowed to then go murder him you got kicked out of the game that was yeah, fine yeah. that was fine punishment you're right you're right it was a stiff penalty for a yeah. stiff play but i'm just saying it's not like you do a thing so people are allowed to do a thing well, you correct should... me if i'm wrong here but the guy that's slashing the goalie with a reputation for not being the most honorable fella yeah, he might eat one in the chops your time comes Sure, and yes. his time came. But this is separate from we shouldn't penalize the guy who did and the he, chop eating. Oh, I'm okay with him getting penalized. Chop feeding. Chop what feeding. Was, what are you, five? Five in a game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's enough. There we go. Perfect. Um, Arizona. Kind of the news a little bit today, hearing oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Well, just this kind of floating feeling like there was some sort of, not a, a soft deadline around NHL All-Star where they had to get their crap in order. And is there crap in order? And... I think Commissioner Gary Bettman is trying to find that out right now. Yeah. Somebody had suggested that he may be in Arizona or on his way to Arizona to get answers. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, just hearing some of the reporting on it, I guess I didn't realize this, like, deadline you're talking about was, I thought it was like, ah, oh, they needed a lease agreement by then or they're going to do the next annoying bureaucratic red tape thing. But it sounds like it's actually getting serious in terms of, like, ownership. Well, we heard from uh, executive director of the NHLPA, Marty Walsh, and he's like... Today's the deadline. He's had it, yeah. right? He's Just, absolutely had it. Any day past today yeah. is too When's long. The deadline? It's too it's long. Right now. <laughs> and I think now probably Gary and, and Bill Daly are like, okay, we'll find out what's happening for sure. And if it's concrete, then I guess we we put pen to paper. And if it's not, then we move on. So now there's a couple of... move on? Uh, well, there's a couple of different options, including Salt Lake City. Yeah. The question is, does Alex, the owner of Arizona, have a chance to sell to him straight? Or would Gary pull the franchise back, mm-hmm. clear up his debt, stroke him a nice little check, and then then the owners basically are of the... Arizona Coyotes and can sell 
and the league hit their, would be, hit yeah. their billion mark or their 1.2 or whatever he's willing to pay. It would be pretty egregious to feel like Arizona could spin their wheels in the desert, play in a like you know college hockey barn, then let the owner turn around, and make half a billion dollars on a sale or whatever. He wouldn't buy the team for 600 or something. You know, like it's it. It's so, not great optics. No, it's not. Like, yeah. so I wonder if, yeah, the league wouldn't be involved at some point. I guess I didn't realize that the potential for the end of this ownership group in Arizona is is nigh. Is there a chance for it to not be there to start next year? Is it get that quick? Yes. Yeah? yeah? Wow. If they yeah. find if they find if a building, a suitable building that can accommodate them, then there's a chance that it could happen that quickly. It's really no different than Atlanta to Winnipeg all over again. Yeah, that was a one. It's just it's not happening, it's not happening, it's not happening, and then it is. And then it is. Yeah. And we know Winnipeg had their, their building ready and willing and able. And and Salt Lake has a building that they can. I do believe so. Yeah. They yeah. Host them. Well, they got the where the Jazz play. Is, that yeah. the, is it the same? It's the same ownership, right? So there you go. I believe so. I played in the East Center in West Valley there. I think it holds 14,000. It's a big ring. Certainly and, more than Mullet Arena. And I'm, I'm not hearing... The city Houston's going away, and I'm not hearing uh, Atlanta's going away either, just in terms of, of the talk and the attention. And Atlanta's uh, got Anson Carter uh, behind that push. Hmm. Atlanta and Houston yeah. and Salt Lake City. How, Which, how soon? Like, Well, there's no building right now in Atlanta, so I don't know how that plays out. Would they play somewhere else temporarily and then wait for a new building to come oh in? God. I don't know. Oh, I don't think so. No. Not based on their history of failing twice. Can't be temperate. You can't. If, they're, they're, if you're moving, Georgia, if you're like, moving this team, there can't be any temporary involved. Yeah. It's got to be a big wave the, of excitement to where you're going and a- with the rink that's NHL capacity, class. You can't like you can't be like we're moving out of Mullet Arena to another rink that we may not be at for a long period of time. Like it's a like, professional hockey like league. Seattle's never going anywhere. Yeah, you know they have a home and a yeah. you know culture already. Fan it's base. Yeah, exactly right. What you need. Yeah, big time. So I, I, I don't think we're going to hear anything in the, especially around Super Bowl. But maybe they got to update that situation. I think the league kind of shied away from it. They were big. They were pretty happy to share how many emails or applications they may or may not have. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that Classic was, Gary. That was <laughs> everyone that wants was easy. to be in our league. <laughs> That's a pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Gary trademark. It is. All right. What else is tickling your fancy Pooley so, RV? Uh, I'm not that tickled by that. Is he getting another chance? Two with- years with the Pittsburgh Penguins and Kyle Dubas. What do you got? Uh, 800. Surprise. Two years. Like, who are you outbidding? Yeah. Is it a two-way second? contract? I don't think it is. Can we cap friendly that real quick? Yep, I no problem. should have had that. But Is, is there a, a minor league uh, clause in it? Here is uh, what our own Jason Bukula has to say about his time in uh, Wilkesbury. Wilkesbury? Wilkesbury. There it is. Um, basically that he, he, he said he was creating offense in a variety of ways, um, still needs to prove it at the NHL level, but he's been boxing out opponents, been moving well in open ice. He's shown he can pull away from opponents and take pucks to the net off the rush. Pittsburgh's looking for anything. The Penguins are, the Dubas just went to the yellow Leafs 
They're top heavy. They need someone who can help. He's 800K. <laughs> the yellow leaf. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. What are they going to do with Gensel? I don't know. Are they going to do something? Not well, trade. yeah. They, they, I think the right thing to do is to trade him. Yeah. But I don't think. One month now. I don't think Kyle can look at Sid Crosby in the eye, eyes and do that. This, this might be like. Are you going to lose Crosby? Kyle trade Gensel versus, lose Crosby right away? Well, you're going you're to you're piss him off. Is that what you mean by losing him? Well, yeah. You don't want to piss off Sid. No. You want to be on the same team? Um, yeah, I don't know. Not sure there. So, oh, you, yeah, you're going to bring up the power play stuff? I was going to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday we were talking about the Leafs and their power play time on ice and how their they're yeah. big dogs just <laughs> don't get off the rink, it seems like. But it really has become a trend, right, around the NHL. And so. Over the last few years, it just seems yeah. like it's been easier for the big dogs to eat up. Yeah. The two minutes. So I sorted uh, just forwards in the NHL by power play TOI percentage. So the percentage of the team's power play time that they're on the ice. And there was something hilarious in there that I wanted to give you. The top five is Pasternak, plays 79%. McKinnon is 796 at fourth. Third is Rantanen. So Colorado, the big guys are out there a lot. Kucherov is second, 84% of the Tampa Bay Lightning's time. And Alex Ovechkin is first at 96%. A full 12% ahead of second. (laughs) He is on the rink. And that's been for entirety of the power play. 15 straight years. Yeah. And they're like, I'm sure Carberry came in and was like, on the the breakout, you're going to come back in our end. And he was like, "Uh, no, no. (laughs) I'm going to stand on the blue line. He he went out there with a Sharpie and Drew. He's like, this is where I am. (laughs) I go from the top of the circle to the blue line to stay on side and back to the top of the circle. 96% of the power play time. That's. Which is wild. Egregious. He's got 10 tucks all year. Was that? Yeah. He's up to 10 now in the season, which is on pace for 18 goals. I don't know. uh, I, I don't know how. Carberry and and the coaching staff now move forward for the next year and a half because it's almost as if you got two thoughts here that I got to build a team that can win or set a culture up that is going to move our program forward or we got to break a record from for Wayne Gretzky. It's like, it's like one of the two. Ovi has to be on you, the power play in that spot. He has to be out with the net empty. But you can't have both. You cannot have. You can't walk into a room and give the guys the feeling that we're going to give our team the best chance to learn and and be better and build a culture here. And we got to get him the record too. Yeah, you're so right. It's like that's a impossible, impossible. coaching. Impossible. It is. You have to pick. Yeah. And right now, I think they're picking Ovi. <laughs> they are picking Ovi. Ovi makes uh, 12.5 in total salary this year. 9.5 is the cap hit. But he makes that next year and the year after, too. You know, obviously, I just, if he's going to be a guy who gets 20 goals a year and you have to play him two minutes of your power play, that's tough. Tough to have success. That's your identity now. Yeah. You You're are the, the record, record team. chasing team. Yeah. If you're everyone else in the room, how do you not resent that? Oh, listen, like guys are trying for contracts, and this is the part that can upset the apple cart because we're going to go back to your you're power play. This was quick, yeah. Okay, yeah. is that like you're taking up two minutes of the power play? It's it's what you're leaving the rest of the team 
and the vibe that you have it. So if you're super successful, there's only one way it works, is every time you're out there, you're the best. You're the best. You're scoring. Our team has a better chance at winning. Like The rest of the bench have to just shut up. Yeah. But if it's not working all the time, and there's sometimes when you're, you're tired at the end and you give up a breakaway or the guy jumps out of the box and scores, that's when half the bench goes, come on. Yeah, that, that's when you're giving your coach the one eye. Like, yeah. We're, we're like, okay with this. Like, and yeah, you're okay with that. And yeah. you're just going to keep feeding that. Mm. Then you lose half your bench. Yeah. So true. It is funny looking at the top power play percentage time on ice guys, like by percentage of their team. There's clusters, right? Like the the lightning guy or the guys are out there a lot. Um, Dry Settle, Nuge, and McDavid are 8, 9, 10. They're 76% roughly uh, of their team's time. Canucks guys are right behind that. Leafs guys are in the high 20s, 26, 28, 29 at 71%. But I do have some data that they're taking long shifts yeah. um, to get there. So it's not like they're getting a lot of shifts. They're just staying Interesting out stuff. Listen, uh, yesterday um, we didn't mention it, but I want to mention it today. One of my, my heroes, Lanny McDonald, of yeah. course, on his way back home from uh, All-Star Weekend. Um, he mentioned having a cardiac event after arriving back at the Calgary airport. Lanny, we love you. We hope you're on your way back. Absolutely. Um, and uh, the triple thumbs up here from the Real Kipper and Born Show. And yep, tough also, guy. happy anniversary to another idol of mine, Daryl Sittler. Four, uh, 48 years ago tonight, 10-point night. Another memorable night now, for yours truly. Mitchie's going to for yours truly. You out there or what? No, but I watched. Oh, you oh, loved it. You yeah. guys were sperm. Sorry. <laughs> you guys were nothing but sperm well, back then. Maybe a player will match it tonight. That'll never be broken. <laughs> Enjoy the night's games, and we're back tomorrow.